Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nah, man, I like the mountains. <laughs> well, our guest today is a good friend of ours, Patrick Parsons. I had to pull up Patty's bio, man. I didn't realize he'd done so much after I left. Holy crap. Yeah, he's he's been a lot of places, yeah. Freaking ah. Space Cadet Superstar, man. <laughs> Hopefully he wears his tin hat when he comes on, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's the one hiding all those UFOs, man. All right. Everyone, please enjoy Master Sergeant Patrick Parsons. Hey everyone, welcome to Military Unsung Heroes Podcast. Join us as we walk through the lives and honor the 1% of Americans that joined up to serve their country. Hey Pat, what's going on man? Haven't seen you in a long time. I saw you talking to me, I just got audio. <laughs> oh, you can't hear me? No, you can't I, had see to, us? I had to enable it on my end. I just got in here. So, oh, gotcha. How you been, man? Doing pretty well. Uh, didn't have AC this past week, so I just got it fixed today. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. It was kind of warm in the house, but uh, we've had some crazy ass weather here in Colorado too lately with hail and flooding and you name it. Uh, Damn. So kind of interesting, to say the least. You got rocking that Space Force beard, huh? That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Those waivers go a long way. <laughs> nice, man. Well, welcome to the show. Finally got you on. I know we've talked about it for a while, but uh got Don Lewis is pitching in for Dion again. He's got some family business to take care of. So okay. Um, so thanks for joining us again, buddy. Hey, like no the, problem. Uh, like I the trio from it, back man. in the day, right now. So, <laughs> what was that? Right? Yeah, it's our trio from back in the day. Back oh yeah, then, our, our fe fe yep. days. Fe tech school. Yeah, tech school mm-hmm. hanging on the door too. Dormitory yep. <laughs> life. Yeah, crazy. Um, I remember the uh, used to have a hell of an arm throwing the football. I don't know if that's still the case, but. Uh, I don't know if it's it's a hell of a – I can still throw it. I don't know if it's yeah. great anymore. It's not as good as it used yeah. to be, that's for sure. Right. Yeah, I'm, I've been falling apart the past year, so I feel you. Get that shit documented. Lewis will ask you about that shit. He likes to talk VA, so. <laughs> I, mean, I like to make sure people are taken care of. Yeah. Well, I just met up with him this past week, so he gave me the third degree already. 
Oh, nice. Take a bunch of notes. <laughs> Mental notes. Mental notes. So you'll forget it all. Got it. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, uh, introduce yourself for the crowd and uh, tell us where you're from and uh, why you decided to start in the Air Force. All right. Uh, name's Pat Parsons. Uh, from a small town of Gurley, Alabama. Most people haven't heard of it. So when people ask me where I'm from, I just say Huntsville, Alabama. Because uh, everybody knows where that is, especially with uh, the whole Space Command conversation that they've had a lot as lately. But the uh, reason I joined the military, uh, I guess for two reasons. Uh, I did do Army J-ROTC in high school, so I kind of got my first real introduction to the military lifestyle during that four-year period. Uh, but also have a father who was a Marine in the Marines, uh, got drafted during Vietnam, so he had his own opinions about that. Grandfather who fought in World War II, so part of me also felt that I kind of needed to keep that family lineage going. Uh, but but the only difference between myself and them is I'm the first generation re soon to be retiree and first generation Air Force and also first generation Space Force because that literally just happened a few years ago. Um, but that's really the primary reason why I did it. I uh, left at 17 years of age as well. So I had to have my parents sign me away. Uh, watched my same, mom. Same. Cry yeah. <laughs> same. Yeah. I was, I was only daughter. two days early on my birthday. I, I was two days early for my birthday. So they had to sign away those two days. <laughs> they were all July 2nd, right? Yeah. Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, because we were sister flights. I was across. Because you two were the same one, right? No. no. Oh, no. Okay. I know Lewis was in my sister flight. We, he was across the hall from me. But me and Pat did meet in basic, though. Yeah. yeah? Oh, okay. Yeah, very, uh, you remember the life skills part of basic training where you had to go do your uh, clearance paperwork? Yeah. Yeah. That's where we actually ended up meeting. So every day we would go to lunch together and whatnot. And little, I would, I might as well call him Miss, Miss small bladder over there would have to go <laughs> uh, like every time we didn't even make it to the building he's already got a pee like what the hell um <laughs> hey that's the only one who had the balls to go take a piss with me <laughs> take a piss every, every single time <laughs> every single time yeah, at least for that what, for me ever since. i was like yeah i could take a break from this anyways whatever yeah. ain't no reason to sit here for six hours for nothing Exactly. <laughs> better than being in the dorms doing bullshit so. doing that yeah. security clearance crap yeah. yeah i remember them them couple days it took me to do that oh cool so um after you got any good basic stories or not really i mean i was the chow runner when i went through basic training so i was like constantly being picked on by all of the drill instructors every time i would go <laughs> up and down they called it the the snake pit i don't know if they called the same thing when you guys were there but Oh, yeah. It's, you got to go report in, and then they ask you a million freaking questions, and sometimes it's a pop quiz as soon as you're up there, too. Like, see if you get it right or wrong, and I'd say I did pretty well overall, but the only kind of weird experience I would say that I had, because I already kind of knew the expectations going into it. I had four years of Army JROTC. I had a father who was a Marine who was pretty much a hard ass, so he, he kept us in check throughout our entire childhood, so getting yelled at was not really a scare tactic for me. It was more mental than physical, so um so i thought i found it kind of somewhat rewarding and fun in a way uh compared to what some people uh, how they felt when i was there but um but, but there was a blue rope uh who for some reason had it out for me to this day i don't quite understand why 
Um, but every time I, he would see me, he would like beeline it to me and like bump into my shoulder for no damn reason. And then to the point where the first time I did it, he like drugged me, you know, the little supply closet as you exit the defect, there's like a little yeah. door. He took me into that dark ass room, no lights at all, yells at me in my face. I could feel a spit from his mouth, grabs me by the blouse and is like threatening me and shit. And I was like, what the hell is happening right now? I, was like, <laughs> I never said anything. Um, but then I kind of stood my ground from that point on as well. And eventually he just left me alone. But uh, it was just very weird. He probably realized I kind of could have put him in a situation if I really wanted to. But I wasn't trying to be no bitch and just move on with my day. And <laughs> it wasn't even my fault. Like, you bumped into me, sir. Like, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, <laughs> Uh, kind of of ridiculous Uh, well that was that was before they had that whole crackdown uh it was around our time when all that shit was going down and then the air force had that crackdown about because i got like thousands of emails like hey come talk to us and tell us how you're if anything happened to you in basic and i was like well nothing (laughs) happened so i don't i don't think i got that uh message (laughs) no you never got those emails that's crazy. I don't think so. I mean, if I did, I probably did the same thing. Just ignored it. Man, yeah, no not important. Nobody hurt me. Yeah, exactly. All right. But, well, so after, after basic, uh, what was your uh, first duty station? Obviously, if you weren't with us, right? From yep. After, after tech school at Vandenberg, uh, which seemed like an eternity, but it really wasn't all that long at all there. Uh, it was kind of weird because I always got shit for hanging out with you guys because I'm an X1, you guys are an X2. <laughs> uh, like everybody in my class would give me crap for it. But the upside is I'm the only person from my class that went to F.E. Warren. So it's not like they could really say much anyways, but everyone else yeah. went to Mount or Malmstrom. Um, but yeah, F.E. Warren was first duty station there for first six years. Uh, I kind of lucked out. I called the, you guys remember codes? Mm-hmm. Yep. Are you still you still in maintenance, right, Haas? Well, right now I'm in uh, IG, but oh, okay. So yeah, I was in codes my last two years. Um, I kind of considered that a hidden gym because that's where I got a lot of exposure to all the officers over there. Which, if I'm being honest, that's the reason why I ended up getting to the space career field as of today. Um, in 2008, I had a it was a captain at the time. Um, he was the one that kind of influenced my decision when I didn't have a CJR for, uh, for the current career field, which in my mind, I'm thinking if I don't have a CJR in it, in the two MO career field, who, which has never been critically manned to my understanding, like this doesn't make any sense. So, um, yeah. I was like number what's eight a CJR? on the career, the career job reservation. Okay. So is that like, you have to wait till you're within a certain window to do that cross train? Uh, there is windows. So if you're four year, I think it's like the three years and change mark. And if you're six year, it's like the five year mark. So it's not two or maybe 18 months out. So, so they, you, you didn't get a CJR like just automatic. Initially I was just on a wait list. So number eight on the wait list. So I didn't have wow. a CJR, which, which meant I did not have a guarantee to remain a two MO X one. Uh, or stay in even. Because yeah, I know couldn't re enlist. So, what I had to do was basically look at my other options because I definitely didn't want to get out. By that point, I had my mind made up. I was doing 20 years plus. Um, and here we are hitting 21 here in just a couple of weeks, right? So, yep. Um, 
So I think I did eventually get my CJR, um, but I didn't care one way or the last. I was going through the retraining process. Uh, commander had a sit-down conversation with me, which was uh, trying to think of what his name was. Colonel Stanley, I want to say. Colonel Rob Stanley, you might know that name. He was at Malmstrom during the debacle. Um, kind of had the... <laughs> He kind of had to take the hit for it, even though it wasn't really his fault. But I probably the greatest commander I've ever worked for in uh, my 20 plus years of, of the military. Um, if I had to pick just the one, but they've had some pretty good commanders as well along the way. But, but he had to sit down with me saying, hey, you got CJR. Do you want to uh, stay in this career field or what, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I've already put in for retraining for one Charlie six, um, which is the space operations. Um, so if I get a proved for that then i'm taking it he's like fair enough i just had to have the conversation and then we just kind of went on with our merry day um and then about a month after that is when i got approved for retraining into the space operations career field which is what i still do to this day um and then i haven't looked back um i think maintenance was definitely a hell of an experience uh you know especially when you're meeting guys like you you two here on this podcast i mean dom and i have been maintaining relationships since day one so uh, yep. even if even his mom compliments the fact that we still talk uh at random <laughs> <Right. laughs> kind of uh, she kind of yeah. calls me her uh her other son i guess as well gotcha so it's kind of a unique relationship that she and i have but um but it is what it is yeah dom and i have just known each other for so long it's like i don't know we kind of have each other's back when we need to but yes. we don't talk as much as we used to um, but we should definitely probably do that more often. I think Dom hint, hint. Yes, say, with retirement. Hey, we can talk all the time now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because I fell off with you guys for shit. It had to be like 10, 12 years. And then Dom finally, I think hit everybody up. Right. I think so. Well, I disappeared for a while when I went SF, but I remember I came back and met both of you guys, uh, yeah. after my first appointment it was like 2007 or 2008. Yeah, that was the last time I talked to you until like what a couple years ago, uh, like last year or the year before that is when we started yeah, uh, yeah. Text, texting again. You're riding in that little coupe, Kyle. That little yeah. silver, what was it? <laughs> oh, my uh, Saturn Sky. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saturn. yeah, man. Yeah, nice. so you left You left FE before I did because I didn't leave till July 09. It looks yeah, like I left, uh, June yeah, June 2008 is when I went back to Vandenberg for space training. Um, and then I got to Buckley, now Buckley Space Force Base, uh, in August of 2008. So training was only like two months long, which I was pretty baffled by because going through maintenance, that was like months long. Um, yeah. So when I was going through there, I was like, how is this only two months long? And I actually well, found you can't do spacewalks. So that's probably the big <laughs> hey is that because you're in prior service were you like in a separate class being prior service or were you just in with everybody so i was still air force during the transition from maintenance to space um so there was really no difference so still an air force guy sitting in the room so that had nothing to do with it that the transition to the space force didn't happen until uh 2020 when they were finally accepting people to transfer into the new service which for us the earliest that i could do it was one september of 2020 so I basically said, why, what's the point in waiting around? I might as well just go in at the very first absolute day I possibly can. Um, and that yeah. way it didn't affect my clock all that much because it put me about two months over 20 at a minimum to meet my service obligation, which was two years at the time. 
Now I think they're making people do four for the like army ISTs that transfer over um, Navy. We have a Navy person in our squadron now as well. We have, don't have any Marines yet, but we have a few army. Uh, I think army's kind of been the most dominant of the other services that are coming over that I've noticed so far. Um, so so the most space Marines? No, no Marines. Space. <laughs> <laughs> space, space army? Yeah, <laughs> we had a, a Marine LNO when I was at the schoolhouse, um, and we called them Space Marines, and they're usually pretty damn sharp because they're always teaching like SATCOM stuff. Um, so that was always a nice perspective to get from the other services when we were uh, in the formal instruction environment. But, mm. but yeah, so you ran the field for a little bit in FE Warren, and then uh, yeah. when you when you transferred over to what what kind of space stuff did you do like what was the difference between the jobs there from between maintenance and space yeah so i mean you two are obviously very familiar with it but just for uh conversation's sake i mean maintenance was obviously you're outside uh you have up up to a two and a half to three hour drive just to get to a launch facility like i don't miss those days uh whatsoever especially on those crappy weather road situations but but the difference was i was instead of being a maintenance guy turning wrenches uh, and troubleshooting old 1960s technology equipment i was now in a situation where the technology was a little bit more with the current age um doing a missile warning space-based missile warning um so essentially we have satellites out in a they call it geosynchronous orbit so it's it's up there pretty far but that the, the orbit's basically picked for a specific reason because then you can cover like a third of the globe at any given time from that particular location so that's why it's chosen um and essentially that job was just me i kind of looked at it as a um it was almost like a relaxation moment for me like going from maintenance to sitting on crew and feeling like i'm playing a video game in a way because i'm looking at colors on a screen and trying to figure out what the patterns are and then determining based on that pattern what the particular object is so i thought that was kind of interesting because uh, their primary mission was missile warning uh, so they were doing a lot of warning for both people and the homeland and abroad in theater so they were doing two different mission sets uh, so i thought that was quite interesting but but believe it or not people actually didn't like it there um and I was kind really? of shocked to hear that because we had several retrainees at the, that came in around the same time I did. And mm -hmm. it's like, you're complaining about this petty stuff that as a maintainer, we did on a day-to-day -day basis. And we aren't even really doing half of what we did then here. And like, mm -hmm. and I'm like telling these youngins, like, you know what, just get out of my face. This is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You could be in a bunker somewhere in a whole like, work situation and you're bitching about being on crew for 12 hours. Like, give me a break. Yeah. It was, kind of a, it, it was kind of eye opening for me, to say the least. And it was also eye opening for the other uh, maintainer retrainee buddies of mine that kind of had the same perspective. So we had to kind of figure out how to adapt to that mm. situation because um, it was just. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Like, like I said, very eye opening. So to go from pretty good discipline and accountability as a maintainer because they were pretty big on that to kind of like half-assed discipline and accountability. So it's like, ugh. So it took me about a six-month transition period to get used to that. Um, you should have just – you should have maintained the same <laughs> discipline and brought that with you. Man, I did yeah. for a little while, but I had a lot of people telling me to like dial it back. And I was like, I'm not even that bad. Like, what are you ta- – I'm pretty I'm – pretty- <laughs> I'm cordial <laughs> for the most part. And even like today, I'm even more cordial, like cordial now than I was then. Um, yeah. I'm a pretty big people person. So I'm, I'm not necessarily unliked at all nowadays. But, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't get it. It was ridiculous. Like, I'm going to ask somebody to take out the trash and they're going to say no. Like, really? <laughs> so <laughs> it was very odd. Like, general housekeeping, you do that at home. Why can't you do it at work? It doesn't make Is sense. Is that why you kept getting NCO of the year? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I'm looking at your little rap sheet here, and you, you got NCO oh. of the year a couple times, man. A couple times yeah. in a row. Uh, I don't remember what all I got. I don't even think I have everything on there, but um, I think the only ones I left were the annual ones. Yeah. Now that I'm, because I have it open now too, and that because just for some reason I opened it up. But so I'm looking at it like I don't even think it's all of them. But uh, that Q1E thing was a kind of a big deal at the time as well, um, which was also at Buckley. Uh, not many people got that. I don't even think they do it anymore, if I'm being honest. But, um, What's that? It's like a, it's a qualification rating, and it was the highest rating you could possibly get as a space, space operator. Um, you had to basically take a written test. It's a, you have to score a 100% on said written test just to become eligible to earn this particular rating uh, during your trainer ride after. Um, so I had to take the test four to hundred went through the ride executed it perfectly um and then they ended up earning that rating but the kind of weird part about this particular one in general was and the reason i kind of talk about it sometimes with some of the junior folks is because they took it away from me um so i was kind of disappointed and upset i'm here i am on my last day of leave and i get a phone call at like 6 p.m in the evening and i'm on a, about to get on a flight to come back home to you know Denver at the time and I was like yeah we need you to come in at 6 30 tomorrow morning uh we realized that you were exposed to the same script you saw like the previous quarter and I was like are you shitting me like <laughs> um so I had to literally relinquish my previous rating go in the ne- very next day with zero preparation and uh t- retake the test somehow get a hundred percent again which was an entirely different test and then uh, redo the trainer ride. So, um, and somehow they awarded it to me yet again. I almost feel like it was a sympathy rating at that point because they know <laughs> they fucked up. Uh, <laughs> but I won't say their I won't say their name just to save their face because they are still serving. But uh, but the, they turned out to be pretty awesome individuals in the end, though. Like they they owned their mistake at least, and 
uh, explained to me why they were uh, doing what they were doing. And I was like, that's fine. That's fair. And at least I was competent enough to go in there and adapt and knock it out of the park again. So uh, it is what it is. But, uh, but yeah, that's that one. I am nobody special in zero of the year. A lot of times that's by default because nobody else puts some in, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> hey, a win is a win, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like Dominic Lewis, uh, this other guy on here that just gets participation trophies and. Uh, yeah, wherever he shows up right? to. <laughs> Professional slacker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's part of his email address, you know. <laughs> I have definitely done a lot of stuff to earn that stuff. I'm just, you know, uh, I just don't like to brag or I'm trying to stay as humble as I possibly can uh, when it comes to that. And if I get it, I get it. Cool. I'm more of the type to put other people in than I am myself. Like I'll put myself in it as a last resort. And that's how I am. Uh, if you don't have any applicants. Fine. I'll put one in. Otherwise I'm all about the people, not myself. So um, that's, that's good, man. That's the way it should be. Yeah, that's how um, it was in the training debt, man. It was because we had to fight, you know, 20 other training debts and everyone's putting in everybody. So I tried to put somebody in every single time. And my boss would be like, why don't you ever submit one yourself? I'm like, well, that's your job. <laughs> like, I don't need right. to write that one. Yeah. You can write, if you want to put me in, put me in. We all know in this room that that's not how it works. So No, no. You know, if you want something, you got to go and get it yourself. Right. Well, yeah. But I had a couple good supervisors along the way. That's how I got a couple of these awards, but uh, they were looking out for me. But I can't make E8 save my life. So, uh, here's what it is. How, how, how far off are you? What was the last cut? Uh, the last cut, I missed it by 14, but the cut before that, I missed it by eight. So, I was kind of confused by the uh, bigger gap there <laughs> so weird how this, i'm guessing they do the same thing the air force does right now so kind of sort of like space force is doing their own thing now so they've actually like like air force does it be a, a different cycle for each grade right yeah a totally different approach uh so the people going up for e5 6 and 7 are now all part of the same board so it's like oh, okay. this is a lot of people um so, I'm not so they're, they're boarding everybody, not just making them take a test and hope for the best. Right. Just just boarding only, no tests. Um, those three are grouped together. And then people going up for E8 and E9 are also grouped together. So it's two different boards, uh, two different times of the gosh. year. Mine's normally in the October time frame. Results usually get released around December-ish. Um, okay. So I think even people in the squadron were kind of shocked that I didn't make it this last go around. But we had a lot, we also had a lot of Army ISTs come over uh, during that last cycle. So they were who were also eligible. Um, mm -hmm. So which means they're you also got beat by Army guys. Is that what you're saying? What's that? You got beat by Army guys. That's what you're telling me. I mean, a couple people did get selected. So I mean, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. So what are they looking for in these boards? I don't know. Um, we try to get some good solid feedback um the feedback is sometimes good sometimes not so good uh but they so definitely you don't have a criteria like before you get to the board like what they're looking for like this many uh awards or promotions or test scores you just submit a packet and yep yep so as long as you have a couple, of chiefs, and a, a couple of chiefs and a colonel sit there and grade it yep. and then Three move on to the next one but yep. like they got to tell you what they're grading based on though right 
they're supposed to release notes. Uh, they don't always do that right away. So a lot of times the yeah, uh, the board notes. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times the, uh, the SELs at the, we call them deltas, which is like wing equivalent for you guys. Um, yep. They'll try to reach out and get whatever notes and whatnot they can get and kind of try to share with as much as many people they possibly can. But we're starting to notice that there are times where they release information in, in advance to like, hey, make sure you do this to get preparation yeah. board. And then all of a sudden, my last EPR was already signed, sealed, delivered by the time I got that information. So I'm like, oh, gee, thanks, guys. Uh, you kind of just wow. screwed everybody here. Uh, whereas other Deltas that already knew the information and shared it with all their people, and you wonder why seven of eight of your people made it. Uh, and, and, only <laughs> one, and only one person in our Sounds like cheating. Right? <laughs> Sounds like you need to do some networking, Patty. Yeah. It was an Intel squad, or in, I think it was Intel Delta. But I can't, well, I can't that makes sense. They know how to network. Freaking Intel guys. <laughs> <laughs> They're spying on the board, man. I mean, rumor is that that particular chief was also on the board. So it was kind of a little cheating there, if you know what I mean. But Oh, that's, that's a big cheat in there. So he, yeah. he got the board charge and told all those guys what, what the charge was to make sure that's shown up on your uh, performance report, huh? Yeah, I mean, potentially, I don't know. I mean, it's all hearsay. Uh, that sounds messed up. But yeah. <laughs> well, well, back to back to your positions here. Um, so after you after Buckley, I think is the last base we talked about. Uh, Peterson is uh, where you went to next, or Boulder to Peterson. I went to, I went to Boulder. Yeah. So Boulder was essentially the same mission I was doing at Buckley, um, but the only difference was we wore civilian clothes every day. So I was in business casual every single day which is actually pretty sweet. And if I had to pick my favorite assignment, that was probably my favorite assignment to date, just because you're working with a 80% contractor makeup with your particular organization. So it's 20% active duty, 80% contractor. So it was kind of a interesting uh, dynamic, if you will. First time that I've kind of been in a situation like that. Um, and it actually worked out really, really well because of, of those contractors, a good majority of them were either a prior service members or current reserve members. So they understood the military lifestyle. Uh, they were perfect advocates for us as well. So it was a very, very awesome place to be. I was there just shy of five years and I did not want to leave. I left there kicking and screaming, uh, but I volunteered for that assignment. So I kind of was in control of my destiny, if you will. And then the-, the That was a training, you're a training, training person there? I was the training lead while I was there um, okay. because I, I had a, personal situation that kind of came up where I was having to be pulled from crew because of it. So I was basically a single dad is, is what happened. Um, I don't know if you're tracking much of that. I know Dom's tracking a lot of that, but um, so because of that, I actually owe it to the director that was there at the time, which is Colonel Chris Sullivan, uh, who potentially could have just said, Hey, you have a hardship. Uh, there's the door. Um, but instead of doing that, he, had a little faith in me and decided to put me as the lead training person uh, on day staff. And then I had to kind of figure out my own way to getting back to those cruise shifts. So I was still pulling my own weight. So with, gotcha. within a couple of weeks, within a couple of weeks, I was already uh, pulling shifts and doing all that stuff um, like I was before, but just not as many. Um, so I, I kind of owe him a lot of that credit as well as the uh, superintendent that was there at the time as well. Uh, senior Thelke, she's now retired, but, um, so they kind of had my back fought for me and made sure I was still in a place where I could just still serve and 
and continue on. So uh, they're, they're the two I probably have the most thanks for in that situation. But, but yeah, it was definitely my greatest assignment. Um, and then you said Peterson, is that what you said? Yeah, well, I mean, it's always nice to have those great supervisors that help take care of you. And, you know, there's definitely people to learn from, right? So yeah. I, I mean, I've had a few of those where I've taken bits and pieces of what they've done for me, you know, right. to, to keep me going, because I could have been out a few times as well. Not for the same reasons, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, it was a rough patch. I mean, I had I was a single parent for a good solid three years there. Um, wow. I don't know, I don't know how the hell I did it, but I did it. I was waking up at five thirty in the morning to go to the gym, coming back, getting them ready for school. Uh, it was pretty long days, but I made it work, uh, and it was very rewarding in the end. So, especially to know that your kids are in a better place. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm so, glad they. They allowed that to happen, you know, take care of your yeah. family at the same time as, as serve. So that's always really good. And then after, after there, um, yeah. went to Peterson, uh, volunteer for that assignment as well. Uh, so I'm not quite sure how I get so lucky with all these volunteers and actually getting them, but that was two in a row. <laughs> so it was the National Security Space Institute. And I know the name sounds really, really cool. Um, you think it's national security but it's not uh it's really just an educational institute uh we call oh, okay. it the premier space institute for, 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 for uh, education is what we call it but um so they do a lot of different uh courses getting after various different things so they have different levels in the courses as well so 200 level 300 level they have joint related courses coalition courses so they're really just trying to expand on those uh, partnerships with not only with the joint services, but also with the coalition partners. So they, they really expanded in the time that I was there from like three classes to like, I don't know what they're at now, a dozen maybe. So they have quite a few classes now, um, but it's the more formal instruction. So it's education primarily, not training. A lot of people kind of confuse those lines. Um, so we're there to kind of make sure people understand the concepts behind what it is that we're trying to tell them um, and applying them to real world scenarios, not necessarily taking in like how to utilize a system. Um, if gotcha. you the, the parent organization in the same building was the one that did that. They did the actual training piece. We just did the educational piece. So it was more of a professional military education is what it was. So yeah. than, well, that was the sexy building you took me to with the view, huh? Uh, I think so. Yeah, that building. Yeah. Yeah, that was a nice little spot you had there. Yeah, and then uh, eventually I became the superintendent my last 10 months there because there was no one else to really step up to do it. So that's so I did it, um, which was very, very eye-opening from that perspective, uh, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but based on that job, it was like very, very busy. You have roughly 2,600 students a year going through there in various wow. different capacities, whether it be in residence or online. I'm pretty sure that number is probably exceeding 3,000 now. Jesus. Um, it, it's quite alarming at the number of people and the amount of people they're getting after right now, um, but in a good way. Uh, it's, I think it's needed, especially to get people to understand the space domain and how that kind of fits into the whole big picture. Um, so it's definitely a very needed asset, um, to say the least. But yeah, and when Dom came out, he uh, swore me in uh, just for context there when he mentioned it, uh, which I thought was going to be my last swearing in. This was before the Space Force happened. Um, yeah. So 
<laughs> so I pull him out here. Uh, we did the thing. I was like, sweet, it's my last one. Appreciate you, brother. And then all of a sudden, Space Force happened. And I was like, son of a bitch. So I had to do it again. <laughs> so, um, hey, man, it was worth it. Come out there and see what you do, man. That was cool. I was half tempted to ask you to come out again. I was like, nah, I'm going to do that to him. Because it was literally like a year later or something like that. Um, <laughs> and so I found our Marine liaison who had a who I had a good rapport with. Um, he was in my squadron. Uh, and I just asked him to do it. So he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. So he's, he went out there and he did it. Same exact place we did it at, I believe. So like right in front of the museum. Yeah. All, no, no ceremony, like all super casual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walk outside and do it. Get Sign the paper. Yeah. I was like, hey, we need a flag and we got a witness. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's exactly. cool. So how was, how was that uh, transition from Air Force to Space Force? What, what, uh, what was it like and did anything really change? Um personally for me and then probably for the vast majority of us who were already air force and one charlie sixes uh it was pretty seamless i literally just had to fill out a form do my re-enlistment paperwork which instead of actually re-enlisting they did it a little differently so instead of making me do say four years like a normal contract they just said what's your current ets we'll honor your current ets and then you'll be good to go so that was kind of the only thing that was a little different um, but we still had to fill out the DD-4 and do all that stuff. We did receive a DD-214 showing for our time that we were Air Force. So that was kind of interesting to see as well. So you're essentially on, what's the day? 31 August, I was separated from the Air Force and immediately entering into the Space Force on 1 September. So it was very seamless. Didn't see money, didn't stop. Pay was the same. You know, uh, only thing I had to do was take one name tape off, put a new one on and call it a day the, the job was exactly the same and everything so nothing really changed to answer your question um but eventually things would start to change uh over time uh the space force was really trying to find their identity um yep. and trying to getting after the different uh i guess getting after the different potential uh threats out there in the space domain so they're really hitting that pretty heavy now that we have our own service so it's very similar to how the Marines fall under the Navy. Same thing. We fall under the Department of the Air Force. Yep. Just a sister service now. But, um, and the new laughing stock because we're the brand, brand new thing. It's not a chair anymore. I was going to say, you got your tinfoil hat. I was going to ask you yeah. if you had it. <laughs> and you guys just steal the Air Force's budget, though, unlike the Marines. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I even got, I even got a, a radio in here where I talk to the aliens and shit. It's pretty cool. Oh, damn. <laughs> I didn't know about that one. <laughs> they stop by on occasion and they're UFO. Oh, that's cool. Oh, now we're going to have to censor the podcast now. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> just redact yeah, that. Um, redact it. Oh, I'm going to the on that classification level there. It's, it's staying. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We'll let all the UFO hockeys come after you. Yeah. No worries. Oh, that's good. So, so, are, so, did you guys tra- uh, switch to higher tenure reenlistments like like the Air Force did? Like the same time that that split, that's when they kind of transferred to higher tenure. Um, I don't think so. I think it was literally a lot of the same rules that the Air Force had. We just adopted the same exact ones, so there really was no change in that either. Uh, the biggest change we're seeing now are like EPRs. We're still using the paper methods. So the, the 9-11, the 9 all that stuff, um, because my FSS is just being very, very, as you can <laughs> yeah. notice, uh, it's, it's a pretty crappy product. I don't know if they ever beta tested that damn thing, uh, <laughs> but my eval 2.0 is supposed to be coming out. I don't know if it's out yet or not, but we're not using it. We're just sticking with the forms, these Space Forces, and still wow. using, still using bullets. Uh, so that is one thing that's different. Um, that's, yeah, it's better to. I don't know, man. I'm I'm trying to write my uh, my first uh, narrative EPR. And it's, well, it's fucking stupid. Well, that's what, <laughs> you don't get to say as much as you used to be able to. That's the problem. Because yeah, it, it, you're adding so much fluff to fill in space and kind of emphasize more adjective yeah. towards the. I don't know. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of ridiculous. And the thing that kind of frustrates us the most is on the awards side of the house. They want narrative. But yet, EPR That's how it started with us, yeah. Bullet. I'm like, this is so ridiculous. You need to. How about you keep it bullet until we switch? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. it's just more work for us as supervisors, you know. Like, I gotta write bullets now, even though it's in because it's a narrative format. But if it was already in bullet format on the awards package, I wouldn't have to go about rewriting it. Maybe tweak it a little bit, but that's about it. Um, yeah. So talking about awards, are you getting? Did you get any new Space Force awards? Um, no, because or, everything I've been saying, ever since I switched over to Space Force, I've been in kind of the more managerial role. So superintendent at NSSI, now I'm the operations superintendent at this current unit. So I haven't really mm-hmm. been focusing on myself at all uh, with when it comes to awards. Uh, it's just been other people. So I don't remember what I put on. I got to look at this thing again. But So, so what's, your, what's your rank called now? Still E7, but what's, what's it called? So it's the same. So master sergeant still. Oh, uh, I thought, the I thought they changed the, the rank system. So E five and below is different. Uh, it's very very army like because it's specialist one through four, and then <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So uh, they said they didn't want to adopt too much from a different service, but I'd be damned if they didn't because it's literally the first half is army and then the second half is still air force. It's like no, you didn't really. I, don't know. I, thought, um, I thought you guys were going to adopt uh, the Navy's type of uh, rank structure. Um, I know that was talked about. Even uh, Senator Crenshaw had brought that into the fold initially as well, if you recall him talking about it. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. that it ever really got a lot of attention. Uh, but if you look at the current way the ranks look, though, there is some similarities between Air Force, Navy-like. Because uh, instead of anchors, we got the Delta on there, the little... Uh-huh triangular looking symbol uh so that's something yeah. i could probably go grab one and show it if you want to see it but um 
but yeah, so that's definitely different as well. But the ranks are pretty much the same. If you can remember specialists one through four, you that's really the only thing that's different. That's it. That's the only thing that's so wow. And yeah, what about the officers? Makes, Officer ranks all stay the same? Uh, officers are all the same as well. Yep. Yep. No change there. Okay. Well, we don't, even have, we don't have warrants either. I actually asked that question before the Space Force came to fruition. Uh, why not? I don't Please, know. That was a perfect opportunity to throw them in there. I literally asked the man, well, not quite the man. It was the second guy in command, I guess. So then not the CSO, so the chief of space operations, which was General Raymond at the time. He's now retired and now it's General Saltzman. But um, but General Raymond's second guy, so the guy just right beneath him was another general, which I think he's still serving. Uh, I asked him in a little Q&A session we had, I was like, you know, are we going to get warrants? Warrant officers are like, and he immediately said no and shut it down. And I was like, well, why? And they had, he had an interesting spiel about it. And a lot of it was very politicized um, and, you know, money focused and, and whatnot. But, and then there was also. They don't want to pay you guys. That's what it is. I mean, it's they got you working not. on those fancy satellites. And they're like, no, nah, we yeah. got to pay for that. And that was kind of a counter <laughs> argument as well. Even from the enlisted side was a, was a good counter argument because we have enlisted people doing the same exact job for less. Um, so why would I want to bring in other people? I was like, well, we're already overmanned in officers. Uh, and they know it because, um, you know, look at the army model, like since you've been doing that for quite a while, Dom, and you have one lieutenant, how many people they're responsible for? Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah. Anywhere from 30 to 100 people, depending on what they're doing. Easy. Yep. And whereas us, we're like damn near one to one, maybe one to two lieutenant enlisted ratio. Like it's ridiculous. Um it should never be like that, in my opinion, from the military structure. Um, I know it's been addressed, um, but it is. So your officer is. corps is just as much as the enlisted corps. It seems like it, it's not like exactly the same. The enlisted still has, you know, way more people than the officers overall. But um, just where you're but, at. But when you look at the breakdown, it's like I have I don't know how many lieutenants in the squadron, several captains, a few majors now. Um uh, and then you got the DO and the commander. So the commander is the only 05 at least. Um, <laughs> but there's just so many of them. Um, it's kind of like, how do you manage them? Like, uh, that seems like that's got to be bad for their promotion. Like, there's going to be a bottleneck. Like, if you got that right. many lieutenants, where are they going? And that's definitely a Space Force challenge, if, if you want, like my personal opinion, um, just because they do stratification still. Uh, and this side does not anymore. So when you say I have this, this person is my number one of 12 first lieutenants, like, cool. They have to do that because you have 12 of them. How do you rack and stack? Do you really want to put on an OPR? You're my number 12 of 12. No, I think there's like a particular number where they probably stop. Um, I don't really do it. <laughs> Maybe like four. 12 of 12 on his way out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't know how you do the wording after a certain number, but. Um, but I do see that a lot where if they're like the number one, two or three out of a significant number of people, they will put it on there. Um, yeah. It's quite interesting. The, the culture for the officer side is a little bit different than uh, the enlisted side, uh, to say the least. Uh, but it's the same thing in missiles. Um, a lot of things in the space side all began because of people who came from missiles. So there was like people afraid to fail and you had to be perfect and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, we're very checklist oriented. And it's like, well, we're like our own service now. Like, can we get away from that and like kind of create our own identity and do it better and 
have people welcome failure instead of saying that hey if you fail you're going to get reprimanded for it. like this is ridiculous like, um, yeah. like i know maintenance was very not maintenance per se but the missileers were very very bad at that they had to get hundreds on their tests otherwise it was like you were a piece of shit and it's like oh my god um it was very yeah. toxic yeah, very very toxic um i don't know if it's changed since then because like i said we left in 2008 but um i've heard it's gotten better um but i haven't really talked to anybody about it in quite some time mm-hmm. and you're there now so you might know better than i would uh <laughs> well i'm i'm not up north anymore i'm in i'm in kirkland at, at the oh. air force inspection agency where we're, we're training the space force to do ig stuff too so right. so yeah <laughs> we have <laughs> kirkland's an interesting spot for us as well because we got that uh secret squirrel stuff down there um so it's kind of interesting but what do you mean, Kumsek? It's not a secret squirrel. <laughs> I, don't know. I, don't know the I don't even know the program names. I probably couldn't even tell you even if I did know them. But, um, yeah, I know. but I know they do have a few uh, billets down there for us. Yep. Billets. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's one. I think there's a couple more coming uh, coming up to us. But yeah, we got Major Happy right now. He's, he's the, the Space Force IG guy that's helping uh because we go out and we'll go watch we'll go oversight space force ig on some of their inspections you know because they're department of the air force and we're you know department of the air force ig so gotcha Mm. nice Mm. yeah that's pretty it's pretty interesting yeah the space stuff is getting uh it's like the new sexy if you will um everybody's talking about it now no one knows where space command is going to go is it going to go to huntsville is it going to stay here in colorado springs is it they still haven't there? decided that yet i thought they no, thought that was decided. Um, a lot of people keep leaning towards huntsville alabama but uh i don't know if it's going to happen i've made the argument that it's a good choice but i'm just a master sergeant i have no say in that fight uh yeah <laughs> but there are like several conversations that i've seen over the past couple of years on like uh facebook like they have space force forum pages and stuff on there and i'll see certain commentary from time to time it doesn't happen so much now but when that conversation first started i would see things like oh it doesn't make sense blah 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 and, I was, and then i would argue why it does make sense like first of all i'm from there so i understand it more than most people it's like i don't know that people realize that Huntsville, they, it's nicknamed the Rocket City for a reason. The Saturn V rocket was built there, um, and or at least developed there, which you know got us to the moon, right? So, um, but when you look at the space sector, all the companies that are located here are also there, and then some. So, and I don't think most people know that. So the space footprint is pretty pretty large in Huntsville already. So I don't think you need to be worried too much about the infrastructure in terms of support because it's already going to be present. Um, it's really about the real estate. Um, where are we going to put it? Uh, do we have the medical facilities to support those particular functions? I know that was like the recent thing that I read about they were talking about. Um, but I think it makes sense. Uh, it also makes sense to leave it here. But I'm also a firm believer that putting all your bread in the same basket is not necessarily a good thing, especially from the I was going to say, it makes sense to spread it out, man. Yeah, you got yeah, to say everything's in Colorado. Um, and then we, we talk about it all the time it's like is it strategic messaging or is it like hey here's a target on our back now because you just told china uh where we're going like <laughs> um <laughs> so that's the, that's just, kind of just another thing to, to blow up you know it's just hey, yeah, target. they'll probably know before you do where it's probably going they're gonna know a lot of shit they probably know way more than i do already but um 
but it's just that's the kind of stuff I think about when they try to say, oh, we're just going to leave it. So it's like, well, um, I'm not the only person that thinks that way, but a lot of people, a lot of it's just, like I said, very politicized. They don't know where it's going to go. You got senators fighting over it and it's like, and it's a big money thing for the state as well. Um, so even the governor here is fighting for it to be here. Um, yeah. A lot of, definitely Brings a lot money of money in. So we'll see what happens here, hopefully in the next year or so, uh, where it ends up. Yeah. That's crazy. So when you, uh, when you planning on retiring? Uh, already clicked the button. Uh, so I got, oh. my orders back, got my orders back in March uh, for effective date of 1 January 24. So I will be oh. effectively done that day. Uh, congrats. Feel Dom yeah, seems congrats, to think perfect world. He's like, oh, it's perfect. You're going to be love it. And I'm like, ah. Well, I'm only, I'm only, what, six hours down the road, so send me an invite. I'll come up and yeah. say what's up. I don't even yeah. have a long ceremony. Like, I'm kind of a weird person with regards to that. Everybody, oh, you better have a ceremony. You're the, you know, the officer, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm the, act, the acting first sergeant right now, too, so it's like, my Okay. Um, <laughs> I need to be man, I hate formalities, man. Just do a party. Yeah, yeah. I would rather just have a going away. I hate the formalities. I don't like things to be about me all the time, especially, like, focused on me so um even with my past promotions i've been very short and sweet talk about me for a few minutes and then like hey there's some food and drinks upstairs go help yourself like yeah. and just kind of have those conversations and bullshit for a little while and just be happy and remember the conversations versus just hey i made you sit through an hour long what feels like a briefing about a person you may or may not even care about because you're brand new to the unit and mm-hmm. you know who I am, but but I'm usually pretty good about getting to know people. So hopefully everybody knows who the hell I am. But um, oh, we'll find good. out, right? <laughs> the first right now. This is like my first week as the full time first sergeant duty. So um, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, you're going to be busy this weekend. <laughs> you have to get the calls. Uh, <laughs> I have the phone, and here's the phone right here. Right here. Well, that's what <laughs> next week. Next weekend is the big the big weekend. My birthday yeah. weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, so hopefully I don't have to come pick some people up. But if they call me from the jail, I'm like, what day is it? Uh, you, you can wait till Monday. Yeah, no. yeah I'll, I'll see y'all Wednesday. Yep. <laughs> 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 Does the judge get there? You can wait. Uh, are, you, are you working with uh, Chris Tejan out there? I know he's still out there in Colorado. Oh, no. I don't know if he's still here. Actually, like ironically, now that you mentioned his name, I did run into him a few times because the first time okay. I met him was at the, the commissary. Okay. Uh, I, kind of, I recognized his face and then I saw, I looked at his name just to confirm. And I was like, holy yeah. shit. And I was like, hey, man, how's it going? I ain't seen you in a hot minute. And I don't think he realized who I was because we didn't really ever talk. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we had a little small conversation right there in passing at the commissary, like of all places. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know if he's still here. I mean, he might be. Um, but I ran into a couple people. I'm trying to think of the other dude's name that I ran into. I think his name was Williams, senior master sergeant type X2. He came yeah. through one of the classes that we had out here. Oh, nice. Um, hey, is Caldwell out there with you? No, he was in Florida, but now he's out in, I think, Virginia, Virginia, D.C. area. Uh, he got, he's he in Space Force, though, right? Yeah, he's Space Force. He's a captain now. So, Ooh. oh, nice. He's making the Buku bucks as an O3E. 
Nice. Yeah. yeah. Big time. He's big in the fitness. He's uh, doing the CrossFit stuff still. So if you actually look at his stuff online, he's still pretty fit dude. Uh, I don't think he's ever not been fit because he and Dom used to work out all the time. And Dom would be yeah. jealous because he would get stronger, faster. <laughs> than him. And here I am, this little, he's a little small Bama boy who can't even keep up with Dom either. So it's like, oh. Well, hey. hey, Caldwell <laughs> made me strong. You always work out with someone stronger than you. <laughs> I got stronger, but I never caught up to you. So, um, dude, I got to work out just like taking the plates off for Caldwell. Like, <laughs> that was my workout, just stacking the plates. For that, right? What are you doing today? 315. Damn. Damn, I'm be exhausted when it's my turn. <laughs> but then it's his turn next when he's putting them back on and taking them off for himself, you know? Uh, that's when you just get two benches and like, <laughs> do you we'll be over here with the light boys <laughs> I'm, I'm a lightweight these days i'll be lucky if i can do my body weight um i know i can't i, I don't well, think i've ever injury. yeah i got separated my ac joint uh two weeks before deployment uh of all the timings that was the time it happened oh you had a deployment? yeah tell us about that i did yeah. well i didn't actually get to go so it's not really much to tell um oh it didn't, it didn't happen very gracefully either. So if you want a good laugh, I can share, but it's kind of like, go for it. The past year and a half, I've had yeah. three injuries. Um, I'm not quite sure what's going on with this wonderful 38 year old body of mine, uh, but uh, it's just kind of falling apart. So the first one occurred like two October, Octobers ago, um, where I jammed my, what I thought was jamming my finger. Uh, uh, and I'm getting, you know what a mallet finger is? You ever heard of that? Uh-uh. Is that like Are a space force thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, Russell Wilson got it, I think, a couple years ago on his, one of his fingers. Basically, the tendon in your finger tears, and so your finger's kind of stuck like this, and it doesn't. Is it from clicking out. the mouse? No, yeah. <laughs> that's the funny part. So, almost just as sad, though, but I was making my bed. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Make sure you tell the VA about that one. Yep, service related. I'm just tuck, 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 <laughs> pop my finger, didn't think nothing of it, finished the job, and then look at my hand and wonder why my fingers all fucked up. Like, oh my gosh, um, hell, ah! yeah, ah! <laughs> it was so weird, uh, to say the least. And it was like I said, none of these are very graceful at all. And then the second one was the following June, which is a so a year ago now, uh, come next week, which was my shoulder. Uh, we we're doing something that we call it was called Cobra Olympics. So the Cobra is our mascot. Um, so we're the <laughs> we actually do the. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember Dodgeball the movie? Yep. Yeah. Purple Cobras. So we do that um, as part of our chant. We'll say fangs oh, out, and then we'll do the stomp stomps shit um just because of the because of the movie you, you threw your shoulder out going no 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 no. okay um, <laughs> so like jesus cobra, <laughs> it was called cobra olympics so basically it was like a series of exercises that you had to do with a partner or a team so there was like a team push-up element there was a bear crawl there was a sandbag the overhead thing there was several different things um so i got through this obstacle thing if you will um but my right or my my right my left quad started to kind of 
lock up on me because I actually tore my quad when I was at FU or not at FU, at Buckley. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I ever told Don about that, but I told my quad, luckily it wasn't a full tear, it was just a partial tear, but I do get flare up still to this day. Um, and it's, you know, what, 14 years now? I don't know how long it's been. It's been, it's been a long time. Um, mm. And so that particular day, whatever reason, I aggravated it when I started to go into that bear crawl phase um, after I drugged this dude 20 meters or whatever far I had to go. Um, so it just got aggravated. And then, so after the final exercise at the end and I took off running, my leg like locked up um, and I couldn't quite figure out why. So in a very ungraceful way in me trying to push through my leg locking up, it locks up a second time. I pushed through it again. It locks up a third time. And that third time is when I twisted because I locked up my leg, fell on my right side and popped my shoulder. So that's literally how that happened in the most, and it's on video on the commander's phone. And it's like the most ungraceful thing ever when you see it, but it's hurting happened. yourself, hurting yourself. That's pretty good. Yep. So, <laughs> pretty shitty story. Um, and, and then right, I, right before deployment, uh, <laughs> Two weeks before, so when I'm sitting there, oh darn, in pain, <laughs> uh, wondering why there's this. I don't know if you can even see it on here, but there's like a bone sticking up in my shoulder here. So it's not reattached. Never got it fixed. Uh, uh, they said I didn't necessarily need to, as long as I can do my day to day stuff, I'm good to go. So, so I didn't do it. Get it fixed before you get out. Well, then yeah, that's shit. recovery. I'll be retired, retired by the time I'm done with that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah like because like, dude your care ain't gonna get any better once you come off active duty <laughs> true but uh, the surgeon basically told me if i repair it it'll be back to normal but only for like a said number of years over time it'll eventually stretch back out and go back to where it was so it really isn't worth it to me if i'm able to do what i'm doing day to day now the only thing i can't do are olympic lifts he said those are basically no longer in the question like don't even attempt to do deadlifts like heavy deadlifts uh, heavy bench yeah. press or heavy anything really squats um because you might stack it up so i just do lighter weight nowadays but um man that's crazy and i don't necessarily want to get cut open just for the sake of going through six to eight months of misery um if i'm able to do what i'm supposed to do anyways so um i'm happy he was happy so therefore i moved on with my life when it came to that and then the third one uh the third injury which happened just here a few months ago playing wiffle ball which is not even an intense sport right everybody's here's played it probably unless you're pitching that seems like the only intense part of it yeah i didn't pitch i was at bat actually i'm 100 percent at the bat at the plate though because i only hit it the one time and nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, made it to first base yeah and then leaving first base going to second um my right quad so the other quad popped um, I'm like, what the fuck? I can't even play pansy ass sports without can't sprint. Life. Yeah, I can't no. sprint anymore either. I can only run. I, if I try to sprint, like I've popped my calf, I've, I've uh, injured both my quads. It's yeah. ridiculous. I can't play football anymore. Hey, yeah. Pat, you're gonna have to start douching before you go do PT. Get that sand out. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Stop being a vagina. The fact yeah. that I'm still trying and I'm still going out there and getting injured and owning it, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. The sand is just partial sand. It's not full-on sand. You know? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I end uh, most uh, with this question, um, 
What's your uh, biggest takeaway from being in the military since you joined? Biggest takeaway? Ooh. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever really asked me that question. I know I have a lot of uh, junior folks at the squadrons that I've been a part of who asked me those similar questions in terms of, uh, you know, when did you know you wanted to retire type thing? Um, I had my mind made up at like three or four years to go for the long haul. So when I talk to them, I kind of have the conversation of because a lot of people don't necessarily like where they are in the moment. So I try to explain to people that if you're going to base a current decision based on what you're doing right now, then you're doing it wrong because the military is plenty of opportunity for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, so when you're going into a situation where, OK, I'm doing uh, electromagnetic warfare is kind of where we're what we're is the realm that I'm in now. Um, and so they say they don't like it. And I was like, well have you done anything other than EW? And they're like, no. And I was like, well, my challenge back to you is make the decision after you've gone somewhere else and done something different. Um, some of them take the advice, some of them don't. So I think for me, the fact that I was given the opportunity to retrain into something that was of actual interest to me, because um, I don't know how you got into the 2MO career field, but when I looked at it, it did say missile and space in the damn description. Um, and yep. there was- It still does. Yeah. And UAV was also in the description for mines because we had cruise missile. We had the AB shred out. Um, so my primary intent, once I found out what it really was, is that I wanted cruise missile, not big missile, if I had a preference. But when I got to Vandenberg, I didn't get the preference. They said, well, unfortunately, the big missile class starting next week. So after one you get, I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's really how I got big missiles. And then, but hey, I wouldn't know you guys if that didn't happen. And Dom and I, right. talking. so, um, so there's that. So things happen for a reason. So I think the, uh, the biggest takeaway for me is the fact that there's definitely opportunity in the military. There's a lot of uh, good experience that you can gain. You're going to get a you know, security clearance. There's a lot of pros to being in the military, but there's also cons, but how you really balance the pros versus the cons is going to be different from person to person. Um, I think I have more pros than I do cons because I, I learned how to, uh, pretty much adapt to any situation. That's really what the military is all about, how to be resilient, how to be, you know, you name it. Uh, but the current generation definitely has a, a good ways to go. Um, if, if I'm being honest right now, and this is also my opinion, just because they're, they're a little soft. Um, so I don't know what to, I don't know what to really uh, say to that just to Save my name. Well, you know, you know, our our generation was considered soft too to the guys before us. So true. But when you look at it, <laughs> we're still like, yo, y'all need to stop, shut up and color. Like that we still have that mindset, just like they did, but just not to the same extreme. Whereas the current generation is like, yo, get on my face. Like, this is not that serious. I'm like, what? You literally just did something you're not supposed to do. What do you mean it's not serious? Like, so they think nothing's a big deal or they think they're you know, they got the woke culture in there mixed in there as well. So it's kind of a weird. is a lot of asking of why like they, they yeah. question everything. They, they do. So. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I actually like it when they ask that because then I can give my own perspective um, and then try to add some sort of validity to my own perspective as well. Cause a lot of it's, I mean, nothing's really black and white. There's a lot of gray. Um, you can go through AFIs all day long. They're good. They, they're very good at challenging regulations. It's like, hey, it says that, but it doesn't exactly say that. Um, so you have to kind of think, 
<laughs> you have to interpret. That's really what I've been told before, and I'm like, "Are you shitting me?" Um, well, I will make what it does it say? Yeah, I will just take what they say and then kind of twist it into the way that it's intended to mean to try to provide clarity. I'm also very big on transparency, which a lot of people uh, are not. So I think that's also appreciated because I will definitely I'll tell anybody all day long what the expectation is and where they're going next uh, if I know. But there's also some things I can't say. So um, but it is what it is. But yeah. But yeah, I think from a key takeaway standpoint, to go back to your question, um, it's just the opportunities. Um, 20 plus years in the military, there's going to be many of opportunities that you're going to hopefully have uh, being that you're, if, you, if you join the Space Force, you might not necessarily move around as much because a lot of stuff's in Colorado uh, for the most part. And you got a few other locations kind of mixed around out in like Virginia, Florida. Um, so we're not as spread out. I mean, we're spread out, but we're not spread out. We, we have presence within the air operation centers as well overseas. Um, and there's in like in Hawaii, Germany. Um, so there's definitely some good locations you can go. We also have uh, a component that we just picked up from the army not too long ago called JTAGS, which is the Joint Tactical Ground Station for uh, the weapon system that I worked with at Buckley. Um, and they're actually located overseas. So if you wanted to go somewhere in a different country and be there for two or three years at a time, like, I mean, who doesn't want to go to Italy for three years, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Right? <laughs> no, one, no one wants to go to uh, IUD for three years, but they do have uh, places you can go there for up to six months to a year at a time uh, if you want to get the desert experience, which that's the primary location that we would go anyways. Um, but with, within our uh, mission set, we have operations in other continents as well can't necessarily talk about it here but but the so it's not just iud so they do have the spread out presence they got europe uh they have middle east they have africa they have paycom so it's, it's pretty spread out uh, from our footprint standpoint but um, the yeah, opportunity is really the biggest key takeaway as I keep rambling on and saying the same damn thing three, four, five yeah, times. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> no, that's good. No, but that's a good point, man. That's yeah. definitely. And benefits. We didn't even talk about benefits. I mean, where else can you go and get an immediate retirement as soon as you leave the place? Uh, mm -hmm. and so I know it's a little bit different now with the BRS system that we have in place. Uh, like I'm on the high three. I kept, I didn't even change. Yeah, I didn't so. change either. Nope. I don't think I had the option. Yeah. Yeah, I had the option, but I didn't opt in because I was like 14 years. Why the hell would I? Yeah, I was like, hell no. <laughs> exactly. I'll take my 50%, thank you, at 20 years. Yeah. Um, yep. but, it's, but it's still not a bad deal um, in the grand scheme of things because they're going to get 40% versus 50. And as long as they're paying into their you know 401k-like plan, which is known as TSP, uh, mm -hmm. then they can literally make up that 10% as long as they're paying into it. Um, but yeah. most people aren't going to do that. So in the, in the if long, they're game, maxing it out. Yeah. Right. In the long game, the government's like, I'm going to say billions of dollars um, because that's yeah. long game. But if everybody knows the tricks of the trade actually takes advantage of the system that's in place, then it could be benefit to them. And I don't know that a lot of people get educated on that enough, uh, but there are definitely benefits to being in the military. Um, it might suck at times, but it's all part of being in the military. That's yeah. the main. Yeah. That's, that that's something. That's, yo, no, yeah, that's, that's a great answer. Uh, that's something I gotta 
I tell my wife all the time because she doesn't know the military lifestyle and like why things have to happen and why I have to go do this. And, and I was like, that's being part of the military. Like I told you before we got married, like sometimes the military comes first, you know, I'll put you as first as much as I can, but eventually I have to go do this. So, yeah. and you get 30 right. days a year of paid time off. Yeah. Like, I don't know if anyone really matches that. I mean, they get close. But they don't win yeah. so. And we have like ninety something days of leave right now. So <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to build up for when I eventually click the button. So yeah, try not to take any. Right. Except, and then except, uh, for, except for that free baby leave I'm about to get here in the next couple months. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, what is it? Twenty one days? No, it's more than that now. It's like uh, 12 it's, more. It's, it's twelve weeks. Yeah, twelve weeks. 12 yeah. weeks. Can I, get, 12 weeks. Can I get retroactive 18 years later, 12 weeks? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. Can, weeks. I, can I get well, my, my, my first two, I only got 10 days. So this the second one, we're getting 14 weeks or 12 weeks. I'm like, yeah. This what ridiculous. the hell? You know, you don't have to take it all. You don't have to take it all. You don't have to take it all at once either. No, I'm going to take, I'm going to take eight weeks between September and October. And then I'll save another for another time. If I don't forget um, about it, do you have special leave accrual right now? No. Did, did you carry over more than sixty days? No, I never. I've never been more than sixty days, okay. <laughs> ever. I like I like time off and staying yeah. home, man. Well, like, oh, <laughs> during COVID, I didn't take any leave, and I was at home for like three or four months. But um, yeah, but uh, exactly. but the reason I ask is because. If you take all of September off and you're in that situation, you're going to lose days. So that's one reason why I was asking. Oh no, it's I'm taking the baby leave. It's it's nothing like, they can do or say to take it away from me. They can't take my regular leave because I probably barely have forty days, forty five or something like that. So that's my yep. terminal. I think my terminal is forty five days. But, um, and then I got Skillbridge. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Yep. <clears throat> yep. So I'm doing it in end of August. That's when I start that. But, all right. Um, uh, Trying to avoid it if I can. I don't, yeah. I don't feel like working for somebody for free. I mean, <laughs> just, hired, just, really? just to not get hired, maybe. It's not necessarily uh, when, when you get out. Well, I mean, I mean, you're still doing it while you're in the service. So the service right. is paying you. But yeah. you're, you're technically working for somebody else for free to learn how to do the job. And yeah. like, it kind of gives you a... I mean, that's the best case scenario for internships. But, but it's like... But it's a, if you don't have a guarantee on the back end of that, you, you did all that for no reason. And now what you, depends, I guess it depends you learn that the, you learn that job skill set and you can't yeah. even do it because they won't hire you. So I guess it's it like a, on the job set in the company too, right? Yeah. But it, it's still an opportunity to network and yep, to, you know, true. you could pad the resume. You know what I mean? It is. All while you're still got a paycheck coming in from Uncle I mean, Sam. I'm, so, I'm yeah. networking the best I can for where I want to go. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Just talk to a lot of people. LinkedIn is your friend. That's what I've been doing everything on. Oh man, well, dude, awesome getting to see you again and talking with you. It's been a while. Um, got anything else, Dom? Nah, man, it's good talking to you again and seeing you this week. <laughs> yeah. Nice, cool, man. Yeah, I know I'm a very well, uh, all right, well, pretty boring career, so I'm just like your traditional twenty-year type guy. So. No, it wasn't. It wasn't boring. I learned some new things today. So especially about Lewis. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're no, we're no Lewis. You know, we didn't get yeah, to know yeah. 
get stuck in door frames because he wore too much gear, you know. So. <laughs> hey, well, Patty was apparently watching my back from space. Yeah, yeah there you go. See, so there was a. <laughs> <laughs> One of the army guys in our squadron had the similar story where he got stuck underneath the truck because his gear got hung up. So if it makes him feel any better. Nice. Yeah. All right, man. I'll catch you later. And yeah, then, yeah. Uh, I'll keep in touch. And then, you know, I'm only down the road. So if you ever come down this way, let me know. All right, man. Talk to you guys later. Thank you for joining us and listening to today's podcast. If you or someone you know has a military story or career that deserves to be told, send us their bio to militaryunsungheroes at gmail.com. H-E-R-O-E-S. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and download on your favorite podcast app.